The story is 100% true, and I still remember this plain as day as one of the creepiest and disgusting stranger encounters that I've ever had. I was 5 years old at the time, back in 1975. My family would always go to my grandparents' house every Saturday to spend time with my aunts and uncles. So, this one time my aunt, who was 14 at the time, was going to walk to the nearest liquor store to go get some snacks. She asked if I wanted to tag along, and I said yes. We walked a few blocks down the street to the liquor store, got our snacks, and started to head back. As we were halfway back to my grandparents' house, I had noticed a car come out of this alleyway. It was some guy with sunglasses driving, and he looked as if he was going to make a turn and drive down the street. I saw him look at my aunt and I. Then as we approached closer, he then suddenly reversed back into the alleyway. Now, my five-year-old self didn't really think anything at first, and my aunt seemed to just brush it off. Maybe he's just making room for us to walk past, I thought. Then right as my aunt and I started to walk past the front of the car, I heard the car door open, and my aunt and I looked and saw the man who was driving then step out of his vehicle, exposed his naked body, and started to stroke and shake his penis. Oh my god, my aunt exclaimed. She then quickly grabbed my hand and then shouted to run and not look back. We both ran as fast as we could all the way back to my grandparents' house. We arrived safely and we never spoke of it again. I never knew what happened to that creep, but I hope somehow, some way, that really sick fuck got caught and arrested. Okay, so when we were 19 years old, my husband and I took custody of our two-year-old niece, and shortly thereafter, he left for Navy boot camp. I had moved back in with my parents after the lease in our apartment came up so they could help me with my daughter, which meant moving back to my hometown. Now, it's fairly small but cute, and I mean, I've never been scared around town. That is, until this moment. Anyways, my daughter asked to go to the park one day, and I figured it wouldn't be an issue. However, my mom had warned me earlier in the week that there was some kind of trafficking ring operating out of a relatively nearby big city that had apparently been expanding into our town, so I made sure to be extra vigilant. I kept my eyes on my daughter at all times, and everything was fine. All of a sudden, as I was pushing my daughter on the swings, all of the hairs on the back of my neck then stood up. My muscles tensed. It was like my entire body was screaming. This is dangerous. Run out of here. I started frantically looking around, and that's when I saw him. There was a Hispanic-looking man standing up by the bathrooms, and he had sunglasses, but I could just feel his eyes on us. My skin was absolutely crawling. I picked up my daughter and then moved, just in case I was overreacting, letting her play on the slides. But when I moved, he moved as well to keep us in his view. I took a deep breath, trying to keep myself as calm as possible before discreetly using my key fob to unlock my car. I took another second to calculate how I was going to get to my car before he could get to us, because he had stood closer to my car than I currently was. In the end, I don't know if pure panic won out or I really thought that I was faster than he could be, but I scooped my daughter up in my arms and then took off in a dead sprint to my car. He immediately came after us, so quickly that I only had time to buckle the chest piece on our car seat before then slamming the door and getting behind the wheel, locking it just in time for this man to slap one hand against my window as he used the other one to try and get my door open. 
I didn't hesitate. Honestly, not caring whether I hit him or not, I threw my car in reverse and then sped the hell out of there. Especially after I saw a second guy stepping out of an unmarked van to then approach the guy that I'd just been running from. I don't really know why I didn't call the police. Probably because I wasn't sure what I would even tell them since nothing technically happened. But I sure as hell told my parents as well as my husband when I was able to get a hold of him. Now all that probably seems like the end. Just a really terrifying encounter for a young new mom. But it actually doesn't even end there. A few nights later... I walked in on my mom watching the news, and both of the guys I saw were up on the screen because they'd apparently been arrested for trying to kidnap another woman, as well as her daughter. They were also being charged with things related to human trafficking, and all I could think about was what would have happened if I hadn't first listened to my mom before listening to my body when I started feeling like something was wrong, or if I hadn't been fast enough. I really don't know, but since that day... I've drilled into my daughters the importance of safety around strangers and to always come to my husband and I if anyone she doesn't know ever tries to talk to her or get her to come with them. She was too young to remember that particular incident, but very recently, a woman tried to get her into her car to help her find her lost puppy and the first thing she did was come tell me. So, maybe we both learned to be more careful. Be safe out there, everyone. Please. So, this happened when I was around 11 or 12. I'll give you a brief description of how I looked when this took place. Think of a slightly overweight child who was forced into a fancy white dress. I was actually at my uncle's wedding reception, sort of like an after party for the wedding. And me being the introvert I am, didn't want to associate myself with people. So I made sure not to talk to anyone and just play by myself at this little park type thing that was outside the party hall. I made sure to tell my mom so she wouldn't worry about me later on. When I went outside to play in the park, I saw all my cousins playing around near a sort of sand pit-like area, and me not really caring about my attire, I decided to join them, but I was also still cautious of not ruining my dress. After about half an hour of playing some stupid kid games like tag and hide and seek, I made my way inside to eat. While I was eating, I saw this server. He was honestly quite tall about six foot two, and me being the four foot nine short kid that I was, I was quite intimidated by him. Also, when I looked over at him, I knew that there was something wrong with him when I came over to get seconds. He gave me this kind of creepy toothy smile. It honestly gave me the chills, but when I was about to grab another scoop of a rice dish that I really liked, he took my hand and just stared at me. I didn't really know what to say or do since I had never been touched by a dude like ever, let alone at the young age that I was back then. Plus, I told him to let go in a sort of whisper-like tone, and since a few of my relatives were coming over, I escaped the best I could. Right after everyone ate and took pictures with my uncle and his wife, the kids, including me, went outside to that park again. Now, here's where things took a turn for the worst. That creepy server was standing near the exit of the party hall, where you would go to, to get to the park, and a sort of garbage disposal area that wasn't too far from the park. The server just stood there and looked at me. Not any of my cousins or the new friends I had made, but just at me. I don't really know why. Maybe it was because I was a foreigner? Maybe it's because my native language skills weren't that great? I'll never really know. 
He stared at me for what felt like hours, but in reality, it was probably only about three minutes. I tried to get my mind off it, trying to get my cousin's attention, but that never really worked out because I didn't want the creepy server guy to think that I was uneasy and felt uncomfortable. So I just brushed it off and tried not to think about it. After a while of me looking away from him, he finally left, but his wide-eyed stare is still etched into my memory to this day. After a while of playing and all the uneasiness, I went back inside to see that a lot of the guests that were invited to the party were now gone and that it was now just my family along with a few of my relatives. Being the tired kid that I was from playing in that park from earlier, I saw a little water station that wasn't too far away from where the food was being served, but it was in the corner of the party hall, near that back door sort of area. Before I went to that water station, I found that I had some trouble walking due to some sand being stuck in my shoes, and so I did the most rational thing my dumb 11-year-old self could think of. I cleaned my shoes with my dress instead of using something else to do it. After that, I made my way towards the water station, where I saw that same creepy server staring at me again. I thought that not looking at him back will probably help, and it actually sort of did. But when I reached the water station, I saw that the station had closed down. Funny, because not even five minutes ago, I saw my uncle get some water from there. While I was trying to find the root of the problem with that automatic water station, I saw that the plug had been removed. I plugged in the little wire thing into the outlet, and since the outlet was close to the floor, I had to bend down to reach it. Right as I did, I then felt a hand touch me right under my butt area. I knew instantly that it was that same creepy server. I quickly stood up and looked over for that server, and he was right beside me towering over me with that same creepy ass grin from before. I backed away, feeling very uneasy since my mother had taught me to never let anyone you don't know touch you like that. You know, the good touch and bad touch stuff. I knew that this was a bad touch, but I was stiff as a board. I didn't know how to move after that happened. I kid you not. The server then proceeds to lift my dress so he could get a good look at my legs. I tried to move, but I couldn't. He then almost touched me near that area, but I managed to break free. At this point, I was shaking and crying to the point where it was actually hard for me to breathe. I looked for my mom and grandma. Luckily, they weren't too far from where I was, near the middle of the hall. I used whatever strength I had in my legs to run towards them. While I was running to them, I was crying and screaming, trying to tell my mom and grandma what the hell just happened to me. They were mad. Mad would actually be considered an understatement. They actually looked like they were going to kill the server and the server was actually nowhere to be seen from then on. I told my mom about what happened to the dress and how I almost may have gotten kidnapped or raped, or hell, even worse. I had the chance to call the police and such, but I chose not to since I didn't want to associate myself with that creepy server ever again from that point on. So I guess I'll end this off with a little message. I'm glad and very lucky that I got into that situation with the help of my friends and family when I did but I think I'll always think about it. What if I hadn't thought of what my mom had said and stayed silent? I may have gotten raped, kidnapped, or even worse. It's good that whatever happened ended there, and I'm very thankful that my mom had that talk with me from a very early age. Thank you all for listening to this, and please be careful. Hey everyone. Apologies for the interruption on the stories, 
but I need to take a break to thank today's sponsor, ShipStation, for sponsoring today's episode. If you have your own small business, like on Etsy or Instagram, ShipStation has you totally covered. I think we can all agree that shipping can be such a nightmare at times. But that's why they're ShipStation. They make it really easy to manage all your orders and get your products out the door so that you can do what you really enjoy, expanding your business. ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You can import all your orders from any sales channel, ship with any carrier using ShipStation's deeply discounted rates, and also automate just about any shipping task. It's really no wonder that over 100,000 online sellers choose ShipStation. No matter how you sell, Shopify, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation funnels all your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from anywhere, even from your cell phone. You'll even get access to amazing discounts with major carriers, including UPS, FedEx, and USPS. Easily compare carriers and choose the best solution every time. With ShipStation, small businesses can now access the same rates usually only reserved for Fortune 500 companies, but without the contracts or commitments. Ship more in less time for a lot less money. Just use my offer code CANNIBAL to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in CANNIBAL. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code CANNIBAL. Make ship happen. I'm a female, and this happened back in 2013 when I was in 10th grade. It was towards the end of the year, and we were writing our finals. On the day of our physics test, me and one of my friends decided to meet early in the cafeteria to discuss some of the topics before the test. Well, that morning when I was in the subway, I realized I'll be reaching about 25 minutes earlier than our decided time. So, being the socially awkward person that I was, I decided to wait at the station, but that's also one station further away from the one near school. I found myself a seat, took out my notes, and started going over it. Around 10 minutes passed when I felt a bit uneasy. You know, like something isn't right and you just know it. I took a look around and I found the station nearly empty as it was still really early in the morning. On the station there was an old woman sleeping on a seat and a really big man around 6 foot 3 standing on the other end of the station dressed in complete black and staring at me. At first I thought he was just probably looking at something behind me or something. But after a few minutes, later when I looked back, he was still looking at me, and this time with a really nasty grin on his face, and he also looked to be fidgeting with something in his pocket. I packed my stuff, got up, and then stood near the sleeping lady just to get a sense of safety. Again, I decided to check, and now he was walking in my direction, all while mumbling something to himself. I decided I would walk away because I didn't want to have an encounter with the man, even with the lady nearby. I started speed walking towards the stairs to head downstairs, as the lower level station is way more crowded. I then glanced behind to notice him sprinting at me with full speed. I reached downstairs only to find two to three people standing far away towards the other end of the station. I tried finding someone at the customer service counter nearby, but to my horror, there was nobody there. I could hear the man reaching the stairs. Right then, I made the decision to hide behind the stairs, then to run forward, thinking he probably won't run behind, just straight. Just a second later, I heard him at the stairs, then saying, 
Where the fuck did you go, you bitch? As I expected, he ran forward, and right then, I heard the train arriving at the upper level. I looked around quickly, and then made a run to the train. I remember feeling my legs just shaking till I reached the school. I never did tell my parents about this because I knew it would freak them out. And to anyone who's wondering why I didn't call the cops, I'll be honest, that thought never really crossed my mind. Also later that day, I found out that out of the three trains that run through that station, apparently only one was running that day due to some repairing taking place at the lines, and that's why the station was nearly empty. A week after the incident, I had saw on the news of a man getting arrested near the very same area trying to assault a 13-year-old girl. To everyone out there, always, always watch your surroundings. You really never know what could happen. I'm a female, and at the time of this incident, I was 26. My friend who I'll call Kay and I love to go fishing any chance we got. So, here's a little background. We had been friends since high school and we knew each other pretty well. We both had the same stocky build and were each around 5 foot 8, give or take an inch. We're also not the type to back down if the need to fight ever arises. We're both pretty hardcore when it comes to fishing and we both even have a tattoo to prove it. There were times when we would be out from 4pm to 4am. On this fishing trip, we decided to take Kay's dog named Colt for the first time with us to our favorite spot that was located in a wildlife area about an hour away from where we lived. Colt was a massive black gray dane with a spot of white on his chest. When he stood next to me, his shoulders came just barely below my waist. Colt was the sweetest dog if he recognized you as part of his family. I had been with Kay when she picked him up from the breeder she bought him from, and he sat on my lap for the five-hour trip to his new home so I was definitely considered family. So on to the fishing trip. The trip was going great and Kay and I were catching fish left and right, and Colt was having an absolute blast playing in the water and sniffing everything in sight, as well as marking his territory. When it eventually started to get dark, we got out our headlamps and lanterns. We were always prepared for fishing at night. We had been to this spot hundreds of times before, and we never had any issues except for a hungry raccoon that stole our bait. We got set up to do a little catfishing, and Colt had laid down on a blanket just outside the ring of light that our lanterns were giving off. It was around 2am when we then heard voices coming from down the one and only trail available to get back to Kay's SUV in the dimly lit parking lot. We were on high alert because while we had made friends with some of the people who fished in that same spot as us, None of them ever stayed out past dark. All we had in the way of self-defense was our small pocket knives and pepper spray. The voices grew closer, and we were hoping it was just a couple of park rangers. I mean, since we had run-ins with them before while out late, but we weren't that lucky. Out of the pitch-dark woods stepped about six men. None of them had flashlights or anything. They weren't even using their cell phones for light. How they managed to get down the thornbush-filled, wholly uneven trail without being torn to shreds or breaking a leg was beyond me. Kay and I just froze solid for a split second. The men were all laughing and kind of gave off a really creepy vibe. The spokesman of the group hushed all the others and asked us if that was our SUV out in the parking lot off the trail. 
In my head, I'm already ready to leave all my gear and run if I needed to, and I knew that Kay was thinking the same thing. Kay answered that yes, that was her SUV, and she asked why they wanted to know. The spokesman said that their car had died and they needed a jump, and asked if we had jumper cables. Kay and I answered in unison that no, we didn't have any jumper cables in the SUV, and that we were sorry, but we couldn't help them. I at this point had my hand on my knife and was ready to fight. I wasn't going to make it easy for them to kill me, or worse. The men's attitude then visibly shifted when we said we couldn't help them. The other five men who had been hanging back started to step forward along with the spokesman. They then began saying things like, Are you sure you don't have any jumper cables? And, Why don't we just go take a look? Kay and I tensed up and were ready for a fight, but right at that moment, Colt, who had been quietly watching from the shadows, decided he didn't like where this was going, and he was done watching. He materialized out of the shadows like a beast from hell, then growling with his teeth bared. I kid you not, I had never seen Colt look so scary and intimidating before in my life. Colt then stood in front of Kay and I, continuing to growl and stare the men down. I then heard one of them say, Yo, that's a big fucking dog. All the men then stopped walking our way. The spokesman then muttered something along the lines of, Okay, thanks for your time. And they all turned around and ran off back down the trail. Kay and I let out the breath we had been holding. We decided that we would pack all our gear up and get the hell out of there. We packed up in about five minutes and headed back to Kay's SUV. We figured if the men were still in the lot, we could just chuck everything in the SUV and get the fuck out of there. Cole led the way on high alert, and when we got to the parking lot, there wasn't a single soul there. We got in the SUV and got out of there. On the way out of the one-lane dirt road that led to our fishing spot, we didn't see a single car anywhere on the road, and where we were at, there was nothing but flat farmland. We had no clue where those guys had gone, but we weren't going to stick around to find out. We made it back to Kay's house safely, and Colt got lots of dog treats. While this didn't stop Kay and I from fishing late into the night, it did make us more aware of the woods around us. We never had anything like this happen to us ever again. So to the strange men who were supposedly having car trouble, let's never meet again because now I have my CCW and I always carry my gun when I fish.